As we watch the turmoil developing in the Middle East, the hand of the angels can be seen in the events unraveling. The angelic hand directs the nations on their way to the revelation of Jesus Christ at the Battle of Armageddon. We read in Daniel 7, Daniel 4, verse 17, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. It is with interest we note the Tarshish powers being pulled once again into the Middle East. Although they have stated their desire to extract themselves from the arena, they keep on being pulled back in. The scripture is clear that there will be a southern confederacy at the time of the end entitled the King of the South in Daniel 11.40. The nations that comprise this host are defined in Ezekiel 38 verse 13 as Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof. And they say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to carry away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Well, the merchants of Tarshish and its young lions correspond to the trading nations related to Great Britain. Tarshish was the merchant power that moved from Tyre to Carthage and eventually settled in Britain. They are the sea-bound mercantile power that dates back to 600 BC. We read in Ezekiel 27 verse 25, The ships of Tarshish did sing of thee in thy market, and thou wast replenished and made very glorious in the midst of the seas. It is tin and lead that is identified in Ezekiel 27 that the nations trade in. We read in verse 12, Tarshish was thy merchant by reason of all kinds of, or all multitude of kinds of riches with silver, iron, tin, and lead they traded in thy fairs. Now, tin mines of Cornwall were notorious during the times of the ancients, mentioned even by Julius Caesar in his Gallic Wars. In the fifth book, chapter 12, he states the inland parts of Britain are inhabited by those whose fame reports to be the natives of the soil. The sea coast is peopled with the Belgians, drawn thither by the love of war and plunder. The island is well peopled, full of horses, built after the manner of the Gauls, and abounds in cattle. They use brass money and iron rings of a certain weight. The provinces remote from the sea produce tin, and those upon the coast, iron. Well, in 2019, ingots were located in a wreckage of a ship off the coast of Israel and tra- traced via isodopes to the tin mines of Cornwall and Devon. The Bible is clear on the role that Tarshish would play with Israel in the latter days, as we read in Ezekiel, or sorry, Isaiah 60, verses 9 to 10. Surely the isles will wait for me, the ships of the Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of Yahweh thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee, and the sons of the strangers shall bring up thy walls, and their king shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. While identifying Britain with Tarshish, John Thomas wrote in the book Elpis Israel in 1848, I know not whether the men who at present contrive the foreign policy of Britain entertain the idea of assuming sovereignty of the Holy Land and of promoting its colonization by the Jews. Their present intentions, however, are of no importance one way or the other, because they will be compelled by events soon to happen to do what under existing circumstances heaven and earth combined could not move them to attempt. 
The finger of God has indicated a course to be pursued by Britain, which cannot be evaded, and which her counselors will not only be willing, but eager to adopt when the crisis comes upon them. The decree has long since gone forth, which calls upon the Lion of Tarshish to protect the Jews. Upwards of a thousand years before the British were a nation, the prophet addressed them as the power which at eventide should interest themselves in behalf of Israel. End quote. While Britain undertook that role and was key in overthrowing the Ottoman power in the Middle East and promoting its colonization with the Jews, as Lord Balfour would write in the famous Balfour Declaration, where he stated his majesty's government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate that achievement, the achievement of that object. Well, it would be a month later that General Allenby would walk into Jerusalem, and by 1948 the State of Israel came into existence and has been surrounded by hostile nations until Egypt signed a peace treaty in 1979 and Jordan in 1991. America and other Tarshish nations have continued to play a role in the area, subduing the nations hostile to Israel, on the most part motivated by their own commercial interests. A pattern has emerged over the years. In 1991, George Bush Sr. led an alliance of nations against Saddam Hussein to save Kuwait from being overrun and protect American oil interests in the region. The years that followed would mire America in the politics of the region, with Bill Clinton holding multiple peace conferences that would give birth to disastrous Oslo Accords. George Bush Jr. ran on a platform of isolationism, promoting the idea of America being out of the region, only having to have his policies turned on their head by the 9-11 attacks that brought the full force of America into Afghanistan and then Iraq once again. President Obama changed America's tune in favor of the Muslim states, undermining years of diplomacy. But the birth of ISIS would force America to stay engaged in the region. Obama's policies soured relationships with traditional American allies in the region and forced the Saudis and other Arab states to begin covert conversations with Israel about security in the region. President Trump would reverse years of American dithering, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. The Abraham Accords would see the first peace agreements between Israel and Muslim states since 1991. The process continued even after Trump left office with talk of an Israeli-Saudi peace initiative as late as September of 2023, even being reported in Al Jazeera under the headline Israel-Saudi-Arab Normalization Deal in Reach, Netanyahu tells Biden. While Iran and its proxy Hamas would not sit by and allow such a shift. October 7, 2023, saw the launch of Hamas's Al-Aqsa flood, where close to 1,200 Israelis were murdered by terrorists, 240 were kidnapped, and 4,800 were injured. The ensuing Israeli operation in Gaza has brought a worldwide condemnation against Israel. Western Tarshish nations have had a schizophrenic response to Israel's plight. At one moment, they support Israel's right to defend itself and then try to tie its hands behind its back doing so. The young lions have been much more critical of Israel. Canada's smug Prime Minister Trudeau has rushed to the defense of the Palestinians, giving only a paltry nod of the head to Israel when forced. When the United Nations voted for a humanitarian ceasefire in December, the United States voted with Israel, the United Kingdom abstained, 
Canada, Australia, New Zealand, India, and South Africa all voted against Israel. However, this is not the trajectory the Bible outlines for the merchants of Tarshish and their young lions. The picture painted in the Bible is of a mercantile power gainfully operating in the region, and they are the ones who protest in Ezekiel 38, verse 13, where we have Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all the young lions thereof, saying unto the invader, Art thou come to take a spoil? They form the king of the south that pushes at Turkey, the hymn of Daniel 11, and triggers the response of the king of the north. As we read in verse 40, At the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and many ships, and shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. Because of these scriptures, the angels have had to get involved, and they have done so with the activation of the Houthis. This small group of bandits in Yemen, named the Houthis, started fighting and firing on western shipping interests entering the Red Sea. All of a sudden, the selfish interests of the merchants of Tarshish have been aroused. Time magazine reported on the economic impact. Following the announcement, traffic through the Red Sea dropped by 35%. Commerce hasn't been blocked completely since most ships can opt for the longer but safer route around, the, around Africa. But the Houthis have increased the cost of shipping globally, imposing additional costs to commerce at a time when trouble at the Panama Canal has already made shipping more complicated and central banks worry about new inflationary spikes. If the Houthi blockade continues, the cost to consumers and impact on local states will be considerable. End quote. Well, the Houthis of Yemen were started by two brothers with the last name of al-Houthi, who motivated Yemeni youth with summer camps featuring religious and political speeches such as Hassan Nasrallah, the secretary general of the Hezbollah. The Houthi movement had a re, been a re, reactionary movement, really, focused against American and Saudi Arabian influence in the government of Yemen. Yemeni and Saudi government forces fought against the Houthi rebels, but with little success. The Arab Spring of 2011 saw a Houthi revolution and allowed the Houthis to capture more territory. By January 2015, the Houthis had taken over the capital, dissolved the parliament, and took over the Yemeni government. The coalition of Sunni Arab states, including Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, Kuwait, the UAE, Egypt, Jordan, Morocco, Sudan, led airstrikes against the rebels in Yemen. The U.S. helped plan and coordinate the attacks. The Houthi coalition broke down in 2017, leading to further civil war, and the former President Saleh was assassinated in his own home. Donald Trump's White House administration designated the Houthi a terrorist organization in January 2021, just before he left office. This designation was repealed by Biden's White House administration one month after Biden became president. This caused a rift between the Saudis and the USA. During 2022, the Houthis launched multiple attacks against Saudi Arabia and the UAE. Well, following the Hamas attacks on Israel last year and Israel's response in Gaza, the Iran-backed Houthis began firing missiles at Israel and at ships off Yemen's coast in support of the Palestinian cause. It is obvious they are supported by Iran, as this ragtag group of bandits has cruise missiles in its arsenal. This hostile action has brought reluctant responses of the mercantile powers into the region, including Canada. 
The U.S. Fifth Fleet, which is stationed in the Gulf region, has been responding, along with Britain, to the Houthi attacks on shipping, launching attacks on strategic Houthi military installations inside Yemen. According to Reuters, an article published on January 10th, we read, the attacks have seriously disrupted international commerce on key routes between Europe and Asia that account for about 15% of the world shipping traffic. Many shipping companies have been forced to reroute vessels taking the longer journey around Africa, although several oil majors, refiners and trading houses have continued to use it. German shipping company Hapag Lloyd said on Tuesday it would continue to avoid the Suez Canal and around the Cape of Good Hope for security reasons, while its Danish rival Maersk has said it would avoid the route for the foreseeable future. The route around the Cape of Good Hope adds approximately 6,000 kilometers or 3,500 nautical miles to get a container from Asia to Europe. It also adds about 10 days for goods to get there. And according to the think tank ING, this effectively means 9 out of 10 containers on the Suez Canal route are currently sailing the longer way. As a result, global container capacity depletion could potentially go up by 20 to 25 percent. Spot rates, including surcharges on the Shanghai-Rotterdam route, reached 4,400 U.S. on the 11th of January, compared to only 11,070 at the start of December for a standardized 40-foot container. Most trade lanes across the world are indirectly affected, and global spot rates have doubled over the same period. End quote. Well, added to this is the drought that's caused many shipping companies from Asia to the USA to avoid using the Panama Canal. Now, although Britain, Canada and New Zealand and Australia may not support Israel in its moment of need, they will take care of their trade interests. In a joint statement between the leaders of the U.S., the U.K., New Zealand, Germany, Canada, Denmark, Netherlands, South Korea and Bahrain, they stated that strikes were undertaken following numerous warnings of the, to the Houthis in accordance with the U.N. Charter. Their statement said the precise strikes were intended to disrupt and degrade the capabilities the Houthis used to threaten global trade and the lives of international mariners in one of the world's most critical waterways, end quote. The Five Eyes intelligence organizations of the U.S., U.K., New Zealand, Canada, and Australia are involved. And according to, the five, uh, to Forbes, the Five Eyes comprise five English-speaking countries with powerful intelligence alliance has established an unprecedented era of surveillance in information sharing that continues to shape the world approach to national security. These nations collaboratively work on intelligence matters, pooling their resources and sharing sensitive information to ensure collective security and combat global threats, end quote. Well, it is interesting that this Five Eyes group comprised the nations listed by Ezekiel as the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof. Statements from the different partners are worth considering. Britain's Prime Minister Rishi Sunak stated the following. This action was taken in self-defense. It was limited, not escalatory. It was a necessary and proportionate response to the direct threat to UK vessels and therefore to the UK itself. The threat to shipping must cease. Illegally detained vessels and crews must be released. We remain prepared to back our words with actions. And he went on to state about the Houthi attack that it is pushing prices up and imperils the passage of goods, food, and medicines that the British people and others rely on. 
And he added the risk of taking no action was that it would weaken the international security and the rule of law and further damage freedom of navigation and the global economy and send a disastrous message that British vessels and American interests are fair game. Well, the Australian Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, told reporters that he had committed Australian military to assist as well. He stated, we have sent the help that is required. We have operational support at the headquarters in Bahrain. We always give proper and considered analysis and act in Australia's national interests, and that has been the basis of our support to this point. Even Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, ever low to support Israel, stated the international community had a responsibility to step up as to step up, sorry, as laid out by the UN Security Council resolution, and we support this very targeted action taken by military assets from the UK and the US. While Canada's Foreign Affairs Minister Melaine Jolet and the Defence Minister Bill Blair said in a statement Friday that the Canadian Armed Forces personnel deployed with U.S. Central Command supported the operation. They stated Canada condemns the reckless Houthi attacks against commercial ships and crews operating in the Red Sea. They directly impact the flow of food, fuel, humanitarian assistance, and other essential commodities to populations around the world, which can affect the global economy. We call on Houthis to cease their attacks immediately and reiterate they bear the consequences of their actions. We remain committed to working with our partners in the Middle East to help advance sustainable peace and security in the region. And according to Radio New Zealand, Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters and Defence Minister Judith Collins have expressed New Zealand support for strikes by the United States and the United Kingdom against Houthi targets in Yemen. Peters said New Zealand was a trading nation which relies on international maritime law and the free flow of goods, and Houthi actions affected the country's national security. The Houthi attacks are illegal, unacceptable, and profoundly destabilizing. We and our partners have made repeated calls for them to stop, Peter said. These warnings have not been heeded, and the Houthis have stepped up their attacks, as we saw January 10th with the launch of further drones and missiles at commercial shipping vessels. RNZ also reported the New Zealand Defence Minister, Judith Collins, stating, This is a good example of the international community uniting to address a serious threat to international security. Today's actions demonstrated a shared commitment to freedom of navigation, international commerce, and defending the lives of mariners from illegal and unjustifiable attacks. Our aim remains to de-escalate tensions and restore stability in the Red Sea, but let our message be clear. We will not hesitate to defend lives and protect the free flow of commerce in one of the world's most critical waterways in the face of continued threats. End quote. Saudi Arabia has not participated in the action. Many believe as a snub to the Biden's White House for delisting the Houthis as a terrorist organization and leaving it to stand alone against the Houthi attacks on its sovereignty. The Houthis are not considered terrorists when they attack Saudi Arabia or Israel, but they are if they attack U.S. shipping. This is a very hypocritical stance, but expected by a world governed by avarice and greed. Bahrain has lent its support, a move that cannot come without Saudi acquiescence, though. 
So it's fascinating to see the merchants of Tarshish, known as the ships of Tarshish, with their associated young lions weighing in on a conflict in a region to protect their biblically designated merchant role in this area. The other impact, of course, is on Egypt. According to the publication The New Arab, Egypt is being specifically impacted by the Houthi actions. We read, the Red Sea also serves as the primary route to the Suez Canal connecting major European consumers with significant suppliers in Asia. The canal facilitates about 12% of global trade, accounting for over $1 trillion worth of goods annually. Houthi attacks have heightened risks for vessels approaching the Suez Canal, and their attempts to disrupt global supply chains are already yielding initial impacts. Marco Foraggio, Director General at the Institute of Export and International Trade, told the New Arab that Houthi attacks on commercial ships have significantly increased fuel costs, impacting Egypt's revenues from shipping tolls. NDTV World reported of Egypt on January the 11th, attacks by Yemeni's Houthi rebels in the Red Sea have caused shipping companies to avoid the Suez Canal, a key source of revenue for Egypt as it battles deep economic crisis. International Monetary Fund figures show that 35% less cargo was transported through the Suez Canal in the first week of 2024 compared with the same period last year. Analysts say the financial impact, through, though limited for now, will become painful if Houthi attacks keep throttling traffic through the main maritime artery connecting Europe and Asia. The man-made waterway, which officially opened in 1869, is crucial for Egypt, earning it $9.4 billion in transit fees in a fiscal year 2022-2023. The Suez Canal revenues are especially vital for Egypt amid the economic crisis during which the local currency has lost half its value since 2022, with inflation topping 35%. Egypt's economy also relies heavily on tourism and on remittances from Egypt workers abroad, which fell almost 30% in July to September 2023 on year, according to the central bank. Amid the downturn, the Arab world's most popular country has relied heavily on Suez Canal income, both for its military and social welfare spending. End quote. Well, Jordan has also been experiencing a severe revenue drop. The publication CTEP reported in mid-December 2023, according to data published this week in Jordan, cargo handling at the port of Aqaba decreased by 16% last month. The number of ships arriving at the port of Aqaba, which is Jordan's only outlet to the sea, decreased that month by 14%. And there was a 33% drop in roll-on-off roll ships, which carry cars. This decline is a direct result of security situation, as well as the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea. Jordan, which is also in a delicate economic situation, has in recent years placed emphasis on the development of the Aqaba port and the surrounding economic area as a national project that can drive growth and attract foreign investment. What has been happening since the Houthi attacks does not help these plans, end quote. Well, this article was published in mid-December, and the shipping through the Red Sea has decreased significantly since then, putting pressure on both Egypt and Jordan. Although they have been silent, they are hurting economically, and regardless of their politics, they need the U.S.-led alliance to protect their colonies. But what about Sheba? 
The other inescapable fact is Yemen is the historical location of Sheba. Ezekiel 38.13 is clear that it is Sheba and Dedan that are allied with the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions and protest the Russian invasion of the Middle East. The nation of Sheba was a mercantile nation of history, rich in spices, gold, precious stones. We read in Ezekiel 27.22, the merchants of Sheba and Ramah, they were thy merchants, they occupied in thy fairs with chiefs of all spices and with precious stones and gold. And the queen of Sheba visited Solomon during his reign, bringing gifts of spices. In 1 Kings 10, verse 10, we read, She gave the king 120 talents of gold and spices, very great store and precious stones. And there came no much more such an abundance of spices as these which the, king, king, the queen of Sheba brought to King Solomon. So the ancient dams of Sheba used for irrigation of the spice beds have been located near the city of Merab the capital of Saba or Sheba. These dams captured the monsoon rains and stored them for irrigation. The city straddles the border between the Houthi-controlled area of Yemen and the government-controlled area of Yemen. It's about 187 kilometers, or a three-and-a-half-hour drive, from Sana, the former capital of Yemen, now the Houthi capital of Yemen. The Al-Damali Air Base in Sana was hit by the U.S. missiles on January 11th. This area has to fall under a regime that works in cooperation with Saudi Arabia, the ancient Dedan, along with the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions. We can expect to see a dramatic shift in Yemen, where this ragtag band of rebels supported by Iran will be subdued in the coming years. The scripture speaks of them protesting Russia's invasion of Israel, so a change of government and policy must take place in their near future. How this is achieved, we have yet to see, but their success in the current endeavors is an impossibility in the light of scriptures, save and except to bring the Tarshish powers back into the region again. So we are fascinated as we watch the Bible in the news and God's angels at work bringing the nations into their roles a long ago predicted by the prophets. This has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.